0: My name is Zach Koma when you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. episode of the podcast. Uh, Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. I hope you're all staying healthy and safe, uh, not just physically, but online as well. Uh, That's because the coronavirus pandemic is giving hackers, cyber criminals, and state actors license to conduct attacks of all kinds against both organizations and individuals. That includes personal identity theft of recently deceased people. Criminals are using these stolen identities to uh, conduct fraud in a variety of ways. And it sometimes becomes incumbent upon the enterprise organizations to catch that fraud in the act. That brings us to today's guest, Sanjay Gupta, Vice President of Corporate Development at MyTech Systems, a digital identity verification solutions provider. They use artificial intelligence to help catch that fraud in the act. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder that the MyTech Systems podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Subscribe and download to hear weekly interviews with IT experts. Cybersecurity professionals, AV integrators, and more. Now here is Sanjay. So, uh, Sanjay, could you just describe um, MyTech and uh, you know what exactly digital identification services are, and uh, you know how how that's used?
1: Sure. So, first of all, MyTech is a publicly traded company. We're traded on NASDAQ. Uh, we did about eighty-five million revenue. Our fiscal year ends in September, and we actually have two product lines, which are probably germane to the discussion that we're having today. So the first product line is actually around mobile deposits. So if you ever have a check and you want to deposit into your account, so you could take our technology and take a picture of the front and back, and then that gets, uh, gets deposited into your account. Given the stimulus checks that are just coming out, we work with mm-hmm. the government to get early checks and then be able to make sure that our technology could deposit those. And then the second division that we have, we started probably about six, seven years ago and it's around identity verification. So the idea is that you could take, using the same capture techniques that we use on a check, take a picture of your driver's license, for example, front and back and be able to, we have AI machine learning algorithms that that run in the background to be able to determine whether or not it's a fraudulent document. And so it allows, you know, individuals that are onboarding on the digital channel to kind of go through faster through that process. Great.
0: Um, so I understand that you guys are helping fight uh, cyber criminals who are uh, creating uh, fake identities from recently uh, de- deceased individuals. Can you you know uh, talk more about that?
1: Yes, yeah, sure. So <clears throat> you should think about you know the new form of identity uh, synthetic identity theft that's that's occurring. uh, revolves around social security numbers and disparate information that's available on kind of everywhere now, right? So we hear about these data breaches that have occurred in the last two, three, four years. So there's hundreds of millions of records that are available out there. Um, The idea that, you know, somebody could steal your social security number, it's not only just from the recently deceased, but, you know, just regular uh, uh, fraudsters or poses agents call you and try to say they're an IRS agent, want to get your social security number to help you to file taxes or whatever. Uh, There are online marketplaces that actually you can buy social security numbers from. In fact, you can buy whole um, uh, tax returns that have been filed in the past. So there you can pick off another social security number. But the idea that you're getting it from deceased people and or even, you know, kids that are just recently born, um, that's a new form that we've, we've started to see. Um, in the past, the idea that you would steal uh, recently deceased, let's say, information was called ghosting. So, you know, they just recently deceased, you would get access somehow to their, and it's and it's fairly simple if you think about it because obituaries were out there, right? So, you know, somebody just recently died, that would be a trigger for a fraudster to go get their information and they could get access to their accounts and, and do some damage. But recently, uh, what we're starting to see and also hear about is the idea that you would take their uh, social security number and go through a process by which you would create a uh, synthetic id so you would take that social security number and other various disparate pieces of information that are already available um to fraudsters and you would concoct a let's say an id let's call him jack sparrow you know kind of Mm. a kind of a pirate Right. right coming in right and so once you create that id then you would try to open up an account it could be any sort of account and the best thing that happens to you or to this fraudster which is with this fraudulent id is that you get rejected by um, by the company that you're trying to actually set up an account with and you get rejected not because it's a fake id you get rejected because we've never seen this person uh, exist before it's a thin file client right so Typically, you would see these individuals that, you know, let's say if you're a newly graduate, you just came out of the university, you don't have a credit history. Or if you're an immigrant and you don't have a credit history. So it feels like a real person. And what happens is that the Social Security number doesn't really get checked, even though you supply it at the time you're trying to sign up for an account. What happens is that the credit bureau creates a new account, new entry for you, saying that this person is a thin file client. And that's how you start the journey. At that point, this digital synthetic ID now becomes live. And what they do is they typically will attack as many channels as they can. And eventually they get an account. So that's kind of how they do it. And uh, why is this so hard to catch? It's very difficult to catch because if you look at the technology that's available for us to catch these guys, you know, the AI machine learning technology, it's also now available to the fraudsters. So uh, the advances that have occurred, if you looked at a a digital fake, let's say a uh, person, you know, just digitally created that never existed before, four years ago, five years ago, to the naked eye and to the techniques that we have available to us, we'd be able to catch them. But today they look, you know, if I showed you these pictures and you can see them on the web, these photos, they look so real. They look like, oh, here's a, here's, here's a person or a kid or uh, you know a girl that you could probably have coffee with and or a guy that you wanna have a conversation with. They're inviting, these photos are very inviting. They look so real. They actually look beyond real. And so these techniques that are available to the fosters are, are starting to and will uh, cause even more havoc in the system. And um, is this more prevalent
0: now during the uh, coronavirus pandemic? Uh,
1: no, it's been ongoing. Um, so what's going to happen is that the traditional brick and mortar companies, where you used to go in and sh- you know sh- show yourself, and the person behind the counter can see you and the ID, right? Th- those companies that are evolving to the marketplace right they they don't necessarily know exactly what type of infrastructure they should put in place so i think you're going to start to see a lot more criminal activity occurring in this in the space but then mm. if you adopt the right levels of technologies you can at least um, put a little bump in their in their journey and potentially even catch them so one uh, so, I, so i think that's that's kind of the story there so right Uh, Yes, so um,
0: how does your software help these uh, organizations catch these guys?
1: It's a good question. So, you know, this is what we do at MyTech, but in general, what marketplaces and customers that are, or companies that are, you know, adopting their digital solutions um, should think about layers of protection, right? They should think about different ideas, different, different parts of the journey to determine what the first, what the use case is, right? So for example, you want to do an IDV check, make the person pull out their identity document and actually supply it. And so we have checks that that could potentially catch that. The second one, which is really powerful is um, wrapped around the biometric. So generally more often than not, we don't see fraudsters using their real face so they, make, they may take an identity document, you know, created identity document using a uh, synthetic or using a photo of somebody else. But if you now ask them to supply their biometric, their face biometric, we run two different algorithms. The first algorithm is, is this person live at the time they're supplying this documentation? So it's not a video, it's, it's not a photo, uh, it's not a masked individual, but are they really live? Then once the selfie is taken, we actually match the selfie to the photo on the document. So then that tells you that the person at the time they're trying to open up a new account is the owner of that document. Mm-hmm. So those are some techniques that you can use. Additionally, you know, you can look at other companies that provide, for example, their email, if you look at their email address. Well, typically a fraud. if, if an email address is, let's say, you know, Created within the last eighteen months or two years, it's it's a higher risk profile than somebody who already has an email address existing for five years and they've been and they've been actually using it. So those are other things that you can you can look at.
0: Right. So what value does this kind of software bring to you know any any given organization that that you know has those customer facing interactions?
1: So the value that it would bring to them at, at at a minimum, you know, your trying not to let the fraudsters through the front door so there's at least a deterrent that's occurring up front to say okay i'm doing some level of checks and that's not going to just let somebody you know, just let anybody into the front door and it's a balance between you know how much what we call friction so this is these steps that individuals would have to go through are friction uh, versus giving them an account so depending again like i said depending on what type of uh, product that you're selling so if you're a marketplace you may want low friction on the front end to let the person come through but once they put whatever they want in the cart maybe catch them on the back end when they're checking out you mm. know but if you're a credit card company you want as much friction up front before you issue a credit card because after yeah. that is maybe too late
0: right <laughs> um how yeah how has business changed since uh the coronavirus became an everyday uh, word here
1: Business uh, in some parts of the businesses, you know, where let's say if you were um, selling, uh, you know, a house for rent or an apartment for rent, you know, we've seen kind of a decline there. But then other areas where, you know, you've got Instacart of the world, you see kind of kind of the traffic there where you need uh, more gig economy workers to sustain mm-hmm. what's happening in the marketplace and what's happening from a consumer demand. So we've seen an uptick there. And I, and then, like I said, on the our deposit side of the house, we've seen an uptick just because of stimulus checks that have come right. in. Right. Yeah. Can
0: you, talk, can you talk more about that? And, uh, you know, were you, were you guys scrambling to, you know, make sure you could process those millions and millions of, uh, of checks?
1: Actually, no. We, uh, our system had already been scaled. Uh, so typically prior to this, we were running on an average run rate, you know, close to, Eight hundred million checks that we deposit per year on the online channel, so that was already that was already present. So luckily, you know, our systems were already scaled to kind of handle that kind of traffic, and our partners, and because we cover sixty oh, close to sixty-five hundred banks in the, just in the U.S. and Canada alone, mm. oh, wow. uh, so we were already scaled to do that. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't much for us to kind of tune. The thing that we wanted to do was to because sometimes the 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 checks that come out these stimulus checks. They're a little bit different. The stock is a little bit different, so we worked with um, um, with the treasury department. We got early access to the checks, so we mm-hmm. made sure that our systems were able to to actually identify them and yeah. capture them correctly. So.
0: Did you run into any any fraud with with those? I assume that's that's a that was a big target for for fraudsters.
1: That is a big target for fraudsters, and we have some companies that use our we have a checked fraud product that runs um, within the on-premise of, of those companies. So they were using that. Uh, so we haven't, we don't typically see the results of that till one or two quarters out. Uh, right. But it's very difficult to replicate those checks. What would typically happen from a fraud perspective, especially when they're mailed to you, you know, fraudsters know it's coming in the mail Well, they're going to go out and open up the mailbox yeah. and then, Try to steal it and try to deposit it that way. So,
0: you know what other kind of identity theft or you know just fraudulent activity are we seeing now in the in the age of coronavirus? You know uh, how how is the coronavirus making uh, your life uh, busier?
1: You know we typically see just the, the level of activity has gone up. Yeah. And so I look at the traffic that comes in and I and I typically because since we have access to actual customer data and we have we have we're always trying to run other algorithms to see how we can catch them so we're seeing a lot of synthetics that are coming in and they'll attack a channel like within a short period 30 40 50 attempts Mm -hmm. on on, on the same channel because they're trying to do experiments right they got nothing else to do they they can't do they can't walk into a store anymore so they're just sitting there like, oh, let me, let me change the name. Let me change the address, see if, see if I can pierce it through. So we see a lot of that. The, the big ones that we're seeing in Europe uh, are around re-verification, which is, let's say, um, account takeover. Like, so even though, even though the account takeover attempt might have happened, the account gets locked out. So now it's a problem for, uh, for these institutions to say, well, how do I allow the actual user of this account come back in? right and so we have to go through another verification step where provide your identity document again provide your selfie again we'll get back get you back access to the account Mm -hmm. the other one that we're starting to see a lot has to do with um uh, especially kind of let's say in this new world economy where the person that initially signed up for an account let's say an uber account they're not the ones that are actually using that account so maybe i maybe i'm I'm having a third person do the driving for me. And those are harder to catch, right? right. But, you're, you know, if you, if you bought a service now online somewhere and now you're, you don't know the other person on the other end, are they, are they the ones that are actually providing that service, right? Um, so like Grubhub, right, where grocery delivery to your house, well, the person that signed up for the account, you want to make sure that they have driving privileges. They're the user of the account. And sometimes they're not, they maybe have given it to a secondary person and they're paying them separately. So those are, those are some things that we typically can't catch, right? But we're, what we see that these things are kind of popping up everywhere. And so the nature of fraud will be changing, you know, uh, as we kind of move forward. So, and, and the idea is how do we deal with that? Not only as a society, but for companies that potentially could be, at, you know, liability be at risk. Like that's another issue. So,
0: yeah. So uh, this might be a naive question, but why do companies care if the yeah. money they're getting is fraudulent or not?
1: Why do companies care? Well, if you're a bank, you, your your charter could be at at risk. So if you if you didn't do enough checks to allow somebody to open up an account, and now they're laundering money through that account Mm. guess what you can get a you can get heavy heavily fined there right Right. from that perspective if you're a a marketplace you may or may not care initially but the idea that somebody is doing something fraudulent on your on your account eventually they're they're leading up to something bigger Mm. you know so if you can catch them early then maybe that you allowed a hundred dollar trans transfer right But what if if that $100 transfer now becomes a $5,000 transfer and then they kind of walked away from that? That's another problem. Uh, And just being compliant, right? You have to have compliances and uh, there's regulatory compliances that you have to adhere to as a marketplace where as a consumer, you wanna know that your data is being protected. So if, um, if, if you signed up for, or if you knew a particular marketplace that the risk there was very high where somebody could steal your credentials and do something with it. Well, then you're unlikely to kind of transact there.
0: Well, uh, Sanjay, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. And, uh, and like I said before, I appreciate um, you know the services that you guys provide. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for listening to another episode of My Tech Decisions Podcast, where it's our mission to help you make the right tech decisions for your company. If you'd like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. Until next time.